It's Tuesday, March 26, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, what a privilege it is to be joined by Morgan and Jared Cooper, and they are residents of Memphis, Tennessee, and both are uh, wonderful uh, in what they do day and day as they teach and educate the minds of the young, uh, and they are school teachers and serving uh, our country and the state of Tennessee, and specifically Memphis in that capacity. Uh, they actually started their adoption journey in 2015 when the Lord placed upon their heart the desire to adopt from Haiti. Uh, January of this year marked four years of them waiting to bring their little guy home, and hopefully, Lord willing, they will travel in the next few months, but we know that uh, even as we have seen in the news and prayed for Haiti, there is still so much turmoil that's going on in Haiti, and so we pray that that their little guy can come home shortly. But in the midst of this waiting, uh, the Lord impressed upon them uh, a child from Colombia who is now their son. And Silas came home from Colombia in 2017, and Silas is a beautiful young boy uh, who actually uh, has the Williams syndrome, and while he struggles with this syndrome, he is uh, such a sweet little boy and a great addition to the Cooper family, and so they have thrived with Silas in their home and have become strong advocates not only for him, but for adoption in general and adoption of children uh, that have special characteristics or special needs. And so, uh, Morgan and Jared, we're so grateful that you've joined us. And, and I know that was a, a little bit of a lengthy intro and an introduction to your family. But if you would, tell us just a little bit more about yourselves. Well, my name is Jared, and my wife, uh, Morgan, and I have been married for just a little over 10 years. We celebrated, uh, oddly enough, we were in Haiti uh, visiting our son. Uh, as a family of four for the first time um, this summer during our socialization trip, and we celebrated 10 years of marriage in Haiti <laughs> on July 12th, um, and we've lived in Memphis uh, for these last 10 years, um, and as you said, I, I teach uh, high school, and Morgan is also a teacher, but here recently, since we brought home Silas, has been able to stay at home with him and uh, be here full-time. And, um, and yeah, Lifeline has been um, a huge part of our story the last four years and, and this story of waiting, and, and we're excited to be here. Well, and what a great 10-year uh, anniversary to spend it in Haiti. And while I know that most people don't think about, hey, let's go spend our 10-year in Haiti, what a, what a beautiful <laughs> story this is, though, because you have been waiting in this journey for so long. And so I know that while most people don't have it on their bucket list to have a 10 year anniversary in the country of Haiti and specifically Port-au-Prince, this was uh, just a, an awesome reality for you guys to be there. So can we've obviously talked about you've waited a long time in this adoption. What has the Lord taught you through this season of waiting and how has he grown you and strengthened you, and, and if you could just, just tell some of the ways that the Lord has just even whispered his sweet grace to your hearts during this lengthy wait. Well, from the beginning, we have called this, um, we've kind of 
in quotations, called it the weight of the weight, meaning um, any type of waiting has heaviness to it, whether it's anticipation in a good, positive, exciting way or fear. Um, all of that working together creates this um, heaviness, but in the midst of carrying the weight of the weight, um, we have seen God literally carry us um, through our community, um, through the people around us. And then he's been so sweet to um, write this story that we um, never <laughs> thought um, would would look this way. And especially when it comes to how he gave us the gift of Silas, um, we never probably would have ended up in South America <laughs> if the, the weight of Haiti wouldn't have been so long and unpredictable. And um, when Lifeline reached out to us about a concurrent process, um, as overwhelming as it seemed, it seemed that all of the pieces fit beautifully together. And now we have Silas who has, we call him our sweet sustainer um, of sunshine. He is um, such a gift. And so um, his little face every single day um, has taught us so much about waiting and how God sees us in the wait. And it's not for um, no other reason, but for our eyes to, to look at him and be gracious as he, as he carries us each step of the way. Well, tell us a little bit about how the Lord even led you into this process and about your connection with Lifeline to even get to the process of adopting from Haiti. Uh, we, Morgan and I have known each other since, uh, gosh, she was in, I think, seventh grade. Uh, I was in 10th grade, uh, and we went to the same tiny little school in Florence, Alabama, and we were a part of the same youth group. Um, so our, our relationship goes back a long way. Mm -hmm. um, and we were great friends ever before we became a couple. Uh, but even when we started dating, uh, you know, years later, um, I, I, we just always knew that adoption would be a part of our story. And for a long time, like I was, I was supportive of that. Uh, I, I knew her heart. Uh, I didn't really get it and understand it. Uh, but I was okay with it. I just assumed that that we would, um, when we started our family, that we would have biological children. And then one day that, you know, when we got around to it, we would adopt and, and that would be our story. Uh, when we went on our first mission trip together um, overseas, it was my first time out of the country. Uh, it didn't take long for me to, to get on board. Um, and when we, um, <clears throat> Uh, got to the point in our relationship where um, we were unable to uh, conceive and the decision had to be made of how um, much we were going to pursue infertility um, and, and that route uh, that we just came to the decision very quickly that, you know, well, look, I think the adoption time is now. And so we found out about Lifeline through uh, friends of ours uh, who had adopted from Lifeline and they, they strongly recommended it. 
and we looked into it, and we are uh, so thankful <laughs> uh, that that the Lord allowed us to adopt through through Lifeline and and the encouragement that that you have been uh, in our life uh, to help us through this process. But um, and it, it's crazy that it's it's been this long looking back. Right. Um, but but that was but how we uh, ended up with Haiti. You know, we basically just talked to uh, them and, and said, you know, we we aren't really sure. I know Morgan can can um, add in a little bit with this, but as far as like we, we met the requirements uh, basically for Haiti, mm-hmm. um, like we were right on where we needed to be, and um, we knew that there was a, a huge need. There's a huge need everywhere, but um, we knew that there was a huge need in Haiti with all that they've been through uh, in that country, and so we we said, let's do it. I think at that time, Haiti required um, one of you had to be 30 years old and you had to be married at least five years. And Jared had just turned 30 and we had just celebrated our sixth year wedding anniversary. And so we kind of tell people that we felt like Haiti chose us, that we were kind of open to any process and Lifeline just kind of, Lifeline's been like our family. Um, And we kind of just have trusted Lifeline from the beginning, and they have loved us. And I use the word steward a lot. I feel like they have steward, stewarded our family very well. And um, that's how we feel, tell people all the time that we didn't choose Haiti, but Haiti chose us. Mm. And wow, what a, what, a, what a beautiful story, even about how the Lord brought you to Haiti. And, and even through this journey, and just, just a testimony of the Lord's goodness through waiting, never would you have imagined as you've already really said that that silas would come into the picture and that he would come into your home and be your son and this beautiful young boy from columbia um and i know that obviously silas has had this medical diagnosis and uh you know as we like to say he's he's had this syndrome attached but but this is a young man who is your son and who was the lord drew your heart to but talk a little bit about even waiting through Silas's adoption in the midst of this Haiti adoption and what the waiting looked like when it came to looking for medical answers and solutions. So you've, you've been drawn to Silas and, and you know that there's this syndrome that's beside his name, but even going through and looking at what does this mean for him? What does this look mean for our family? What does this mean for this little boy that one day we'll adopt from Haiti? What was that waiting like and that journey like? And that, took place within a couple of days. I, when, I'll never forget getting the phone call. And anytime we get a, you know, a phone call from Lifeline, it's, I need to sit down for this. And um, <laughs> they had reached out and um, we are so grateful that we've had the same social worker since day one. And she's been phenomenal. And um, she said words I'll never forget. She was like, you know, we want to steward your family. Well, you guys are what Lifeline is about. Would you guys consider a concurrent international process? And I said, concurrent, does that mean two at one time? Is that, is that, I didn't even know that was possible. And um, so we, she sent us the waiting child's list for Columbia. And as we scrolled through the faces, which was very different than the Haiti process, meaning in Haiti, they, they do the matching. So we had not seen faces, um, whereas Columbia, there was all these kids. Um, and we were looking through and this little guy's big brown eyes just caught us. 
of God beside his name, it said, uh, people have told me this sash. And so we um, reached out about him specific. And then when we got his file that had the Williams syndrome diagnosis, um, we started just to reach out to our family and our friends um, that were near and dear to us. Um, my sister is a speech pathologist. Our youth pastor and his wife growing up um, has a little girl with Down syndrome and she was our flower girl in our wedding. So she's always been a big part of our story and reached out to them to see if they were familiar with Williams syndrome. And um, so we had just a couple of days to kind of make a decision and when I reached out to my sister about Williams syndrome specifically, she said that she had a professor in her graduate program that defined Williams syndrome as eternally sunny. And mm -hmm. that always stuck with her. And so based on the information we had been given, we knew that there could be heart difficult, you know, heart, kidney um, issues. Um, but that there would just be developmental delays, those kinds of things. And we got to the point where we just could not say no. Mm -hmm. And we felt God had placed this little person right um, in our family. And we didn't have another option but to say yes. And we're so glad that we did. And we tell people the same thing about Silas that we say about Haiti. We feel like Silas chose us um, because he has done nothing but make us better in our home, more full of joy. And so adoption has not been about us becoming parents. It's been about giving parents to our children. And we feel like the chosen one. <laughs> we are the chosen ones. And um, we're so grateful that, um, and so far, praise the Lord, I mean, we've had, you know, good doctor's appointments and he has improved incredibly, um, grown. grown five inches our mm. first year with him. We, we've had him just a little over a year and he grew five inches and just every day overcoming so many obstacles. And um, he's teaching us so much <laughs> every day. <laughs> Wow. And, and isn't, isn't the, just a, just such a testimony about how the Lord is just so gracious um, yeah. to us, to give us truly, it's just puts a, a whole picture of a God that gives us abundantly exceedingly yeah. more than we could ever ask or imagine. And, and so many times we look at a verse like that and, and, you know, we, we misconstrue what that verse is, but when we ask and make ourselves available to be used by the Lord to care for his people and to spread his gospel, he will give us abundantly, exceedingly more than we could ever ask or imagine. And, um, you know, such a sweet young man that we have the opportunity to go to church with that also has Williams syndrome. Um, and I remember several years ago watching him walk through the baptism waters, and never have I heard someone so adequately talk about the grace 
and the goodness and the gospel of Christ Jesus and the understanding of that. And so uh, what a blessing to know that Silas will one day be a big brother and will be able to, uh, we're confident to even be able to express the goodness, the graciousness and the gospel of Christ Jesus. So obviously other families are in the same boat that you guys are in with the waiting. Uh, you know, we, you, you get this call that the Lord gives you to adopt and we hear about how many children there are awaiting homes here in our own country and around the world. And then yet it seems like this process becomes a hurry up and wait. Uh, mm -hmm. So what encouragement or hope would you offer other families who are in the same place that you guys are now and have been with, with waiting through what seems like an endless wait? Well, Morgan and I have known each other for a whole, for a long time, um, but we are completely different. And uh, we balance each other out well, I think, in, in our marriage. Um, and so I think, I think a husband potentially and a wife are going to, to process this differently. Um, and I know that with Silas's process uh, and the fact that it was going so quickly and then we brought him home and, and life as we knew it would never be the same um, <laughs> in, in a good way. But and so for me, like I was very one track minded. Uh, and we, we call them our, our little distraction. Um, and so, you know, for me, I mean, I, it, it was, it's, it, it affected Morgan, I think a lot differently. Um, but for me as, as, as a husband, as a father, um, you know, just keeping my eyes open uh, to opportunities, discussions that I had with people, um, just opportunities that I would not have had uh, had it not been for the wait, mm. um, as as a teacher, uh, I, I could tell several stories of just conversations that I've had with my students, uh, who have been over the years extremely supportive and prayed for us and supported us financially, um, and you know just even here in in recent weeks when when all of this uh, the issues in in Haiti have been going on. Um, just the opportunities that, that God has um, allowed us to experience, um, we, we would have missed. And, and so um, I, it's tough, and there's not just one thing that I could say that's going to make it any easier. But I know we say that God is sovereign, and we, we firmly believe that. So we just have to keep our eyes open and our ears mm -hmm. open to what's around us. Uh, opportunities, not necessarily for us and what we can say to other people, but obviously, you know, how they can encourage us and, and help support us along the way. And I think, too, it's a, it's a story that's continually being written. So the, the adoption process part, although it is honestly just chapter one <laughs> in the story, or the, or the beginning part of, of a lifetime of how God will continue to restore and redeem. And um, I have been overwhelmed recently with understanding how you can experience 100% joy and 100% sorrow or grief or loss or, or fear or frustration all at the same time. It's not even a balance of those feelings or emotions it's the tension of the two and until we are in eternity um we will forever live with the tension of that because we have the holy spirit we can experience so much joy and god allows us to to experience that 
um, not based on our circumstances. And adoption, 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 to really understand the fullness of that. And we hear so much about the balancing of our coexisting emotions, but really I think it's the place where those things all come together or collide where God really is and his presence can be really known and felt um, because based on our own human emotions or flesh or understanding, none of it makes sense or it feels very chaotic. But in the place where all that frustration or chaos or confusion exists, like God can still be so present and give such peace and confidence that you're right where you're supposed to be and your family looks exactly how it's supposed to look and there's such sweetness there and his glory can be be seen far beyond what our human we can explain ourselves mm. it kind of speaks for itself so um that is the tension that we live in and we will live in until we are with him in eternity and taking advantage of the opportunity to share that um, and invite people in it with us and let them journey alongside us. Wow. Amen. Well, Morgan, not to single you out, but I know that uh, the weight for motherhood is, is a hard weight. I think for us men, no matter how children come into our family, the weight is not that the weight is different or that the weight isn't hard, uh, but but we're more accustomed and built to weight, uh, right. where where women uh, have this maternal instinct in them immediately. So uh, just talk briefly, if you don't mind, just give some encouragement to mamas who are longing to be a mama, uh, to women that are longing to be a mama and are going through a weight either through infertility or through waiting for their child to come home through adoption. Yes. Um, and that is something that every day um, I still, because yes, God gave us Silas, but I know that God gave me um, a heart and knew that I was going to, to mother a baby from Haiti over four years ago. And so um, Silas didn't fill that void. Silas just took up more space in my heart, um, but didn't take the space of, of that child. And um, I would say after so many years of just doing um, what we thought was expected, you know, we thought we would have two and then be a little old, you know, be old enough and we would adopt two because that just sounds perfect, right? <laughs> and um, after all this time, you know, I just as our marriage and we've grown older and we've just thought, you know, um, God build, builds us for, for certain things, just like you guys have mentioned, you know, male and female. And, um, the biggest encouragement I have is to lean into it. And that is not what anyone wants to hear is like, you know, when I, I call it the weight of the weight. Um, but I, I think allow yourself to really feel the heaviness of it um, because that allows you to um, really be able to impact or 
connect with other women that are in a season of waiting, whether it be singleness or motherhood or whatever. I, I, I feel like it's a lot more common than what we like to acknowledge when it comes to waiting. Um, and like I said, we're all in a season of waiting in some way. And so when you're, when you allow yourself to feel the heaviness of it, um, like I said, I feel like that's where you can experience the most confidence and peace and joy and all those things that God, he really desires for us to really, you know, experience is when we kind of just allow ourselves to, to feel the heaviness of it accept it and know that everything that he does is for our good and his glory and just like you said and it will be exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think and so um it's worth it, it's worth it. yeah it's worth it every day when i look at silas's face i think to myself um god had me in mind when he created silas and that's a humbling thing and um, very humbling. And so I'm grateful for you know, that. I, I would even interject and say this, that Morgan has told me many times that, that because of the heaviness that she has felt during this time of waiting, that even when uh, God brings these children into our home, that she won't forget um, I, yeah. the, way, the way that it was um, and that she will always remember. Um, yeah how difficult it was, but, but in a way that can be used, uh, to help encourage someone else, but, uh, that's going through that same type of thing. Um, and, you know, as, as, like I said, as a husband and a father, you, you want to be able to fix that. You want to be able to do something to make it better. Um, and because you can't, um, you know, just make sure that, you know, during this time of waiting, that it's a time that, you know, you experience it together, you stay together, uh, you're in it together. Uh, don't let it be a time that, that drives you apart. Um, and in a weird way, in a weird way, celebrate it, you know, like every step, especially with adoption or infertility, celebrate every single step. I mean, we have celebrated every time we've gotten our fingerprints done. <laughs> we have celebrated every time we've, um, done a, home, physical. a physical or a home study or we will acknowledge it in some way and celebrate it even if it's with you know an ice cream you know but just celebrate it and you know know that each step of it is um is sweet and um a, reminder that it's gonna happen. a reminder yeah that you're in this together oh what a what a beautiful picture of just uh, the sovereignty and the grace of God and, and just such sweet advice to, to take every moment, minute by minute, as God's sovereign unfolding and enjoying and embracing what others may see as mundane or a checklist, but embracing that as steps towards this greater journey uh, that, that the Lord has brought you on. Well, Morgan and Jared, we're, we're so grateful for you guys taking the time and for the encouragement and just for sharing openly uh, the journey that the Lord has had you on, uh, and the way that he has taught you and encouraged you and walked aside of you. And uh, just a great reminder that our God will equip and he will walk with those that he calls. And so if the Lord is calling you to adoption, if he's calling you to foster care, if he's calling you to get engaged in other ways, 
in caring for vulnerable children around the world. Know that he will equip you. Even in the times that seem dark, even in the times that seem lonely, even in the waits that seem like they will never end, the Lord is close by supporting you and equipping you and giving you everything you need to be able to pull out his purposes. Well, Morgan and Jared, thanks again for joining us on the Defender Podcast. Thank Thank you. Well, don't forget to rate us on your favorite podcast listening app, be that the iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. And also, if you'd like to hear more interviews like this one or others, please let us know at info at lifelinechild.org. But know that your rating and your responses help us so much in getting the best content out for the Defender Podcast. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel to you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.